This is Geeks Unleashed, episode 35. I haven't started yet. You, you beat me to it. I had to reopen the window. Okay, now we're recording. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. We're professionals. Yeah, we're, oh. we totally got this. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed, episode 35. I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. Each week, we cover the news of the week, and we pick a couple of things to review that caught our fancy in TV, comics, movies, and games. Uh, this week's reviews are Spectre Inspectors from the Boom Studios imprint, um, Boombox, and Season 1 of Castlevania on Netflix. And spoiler warning, this is a review show, so if you have not had a chance to uh, read Spectre Inspectors or to watch the first season of Castlevania, you might want to come back. Uh, unless you just love spoilers, and then at the very end of the episode, we'll give you a couple of recommendations of our own. Actually, there's something I wanted to talk about, which I'd completely not written down. Um, I wanted to talk about customer service. Like, oh, you're like, what the hell? And like, <laughs> but I'm talking about I, basically like um, I was actually thinking about printing this the other day, but I um, didn't. So. I've been buying my comics from the same comic company for ten years. Like uh-huh. it's like it's like mail order. It comes to my house. It's brilliant service. And you know, if it's not broke, don't you know, don't try and fix it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yes. So so anyway, when I, I moved house about a year ago, and when I moved house, um, there's a comic shop like five minutes from my house, and I and I was like pop in there every now and again, etc. And I and I was really torn, thinking, well. You know, like every, you know, it's only five minutes from my house. Like this, this, you know, like this would be more ideal. I thought, like, you know, um, and I was like really torn because the comic shop I've been using, actually, I'd say it's more than ten years, probably 15, 20 years. I've been ordering mm-hmm. from them online, and like, and I was really torn about it because I was like, oh, I've been with these comic guys for like fifteen years, and yeah, okay, I've never met them, and I actually don't even speak to them. We exchange, actually, I say we don't speak, like we exchange emails a lot, but I've never called them on the phone or anything like that. Um, actually, maybe once or twice, but generally it's just emails. But the service runs really smoothly, mm-hmm. and and you know, when I say that smoothly, everything is bagged and boarded, comes packaged well. Everything comes like it's easy. When I pay online, I know what I'm paying for. Like literally, you know, it's like a, an invoice. It says exactly what I'm paying for. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just really clear, right? Anyway, so I decided before Christmas, I thought, you know what? I'll give the guys a, a chance uh, five minutes away from me. I'm not going to name either shop. I'm not going to slag anybody off. But anyway, like, <laughs> so I decided before Christmas that I would wind down my stand order for the online place. And I thought it'd be quite nice just to be able to, pop five minutes out the door like Wednesday or Thursday come pick up my comics uh, and then come home and you know, and I thought yeah why not try the local guy um, mm-hmm. they, they're both small businesses so it's not like I'm it's not like I'm moving from a big business to a small business and yeah but they're both small but just they both have different ways of running it anyway for the last month I've been buying my comics from this local shop but honestly I've just had enough like Every week, my order is messed up. They forget, to, so I pay for stuff that they don't put in there. I get home, open, like, open the bag, because it, because unfortunately, because at the moment we're in lockdown, it's mm-hmm. like um, you have to just knock on the door. They pass it to you in a bag, and you just, and then I just a lot of the time just get in the car and then go home, and then I'm like sit down. I'm like, oh crap, they've not put that in or whatever. I'm like, and then, but like every week for the, like the last four weeks they've got no bags and boards so that's kind of like a given over here like that comic shops have bags and boards when you pick them up from the comic shop they're bagged and boarded mm-hmm. and um like like for well i mean i don't know about the i haven't bought 
coming from Forbidden Planet for years, but I know that's like a big chain over here, but everyone else I buy from like smaller independents, they always back and bought their stuff. Um, and like, they, they literally keep saying, oh yeah, we haven't got stock, we haven't got stock. And like last week, no, two weeks ago when I went, they did finally have one, like a lot of bag, they were bought in bag. I was like, oh, okay, good, good. Went to pick up today and they like, cause I, I didn't get a chance to go last week. So they handed me two weeks and they, they handed me a whole bag ones that are not bagged aboard when they handed it to me i was like oh flipping heck i was like and they went oh sorry uh they, they our delivery guy keeps coming and keeps saying that we're not in so like, oh, right okay um and then and then before i went there like they sent me an invoice and when i looked at it it was wrong they were char- trying to charge me for a comic that i'd already paid for a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and then when i and when i went to pick it up like it wasn't there um and, and i only realized when i got home and i so I messaged them saying did this come out this week and they went yeah you should have it and i went well i haven't and that's why i'm messaging you like and they were like oh okay like and i, and I just thought you know what like, i was with that other people for like 10 15 years no hassle at all and like four weeks with these guys like i say no bags and boards it's just irritating me like, and then <laughs> and the fact that like most weeks they they forget to give me something and then this week they're trying to charge me for stuff i've already paid for and i'm like do you know what it can't be that difficult they just seem so disorganized yeah like, are so, they new like did they just open or something and, oh, i think they've been running for years like yeah, but they just like seems it just seems so chaotic like mm-hmm. and um you know like and oh yeah and I, actually there, there, there was a couple of weeks ago actually where i think it was before christmas i paid for a comic and then when it on my and so on the invoices they were originally saying what i was collecting and what i was paying for because uh, they do this thing where you have to pay in advance which i find a little bit annoying but i've kind of got on board with it but i so i paid for this comic before christmas and then on my invoice for that particular week it said what i was collecting and what i was paid for and i was so i noticed that there was on the collection bit a comic that i knew was out that week wasn't on there so i was like oh okay i'm i from memory i thought i'd already ordered it mm-hmm. so i just went i went onto their website and just paid paid for it so then when i got there got home and then i had two issues of the same comic i was like why have i got two issues of this comic like and i just messaged them going you give me two issues they went yeah you bought two i went no i didn't they went yeah you did yeah they went you bought one before christmas and then today you bought another one i went well that wasn't deliberate like i, I only bought it because you it wasn't on the order of the one I was collecting and because obviously when this lockdown thing it's not like I can really check stuff at the till yeah like obviously they just hand me the back and I was just like you know I don't know I'm moaning now about five five minutes on this but I just (laughs) I just think do you know what like customer service for like obviously it's important whatever your industry you're in yeah I just like and um yeah there was one actually there was an email the other day where like I made a comment because they sent me an email about their about something or other and, and how their their order had been messed up or something or other. And I just made one comment about all of your orders seem to be messed up. Like, <laughs> and like, and like, like, you're, you're really rubbing salt in the wound there, like, Mark. <laughs> well, I just, well, I just thought, well, literally, I've only been buying from about four weeks and literally it's just been problem after problem. And they sent me a really stroppy email back going, oh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not really not sure how that's got anything to do with how disorganized you are. Like, mm. just, you know, nobody's coming in every day. Surely, like, actually, customers coming into your shop must be a massive distraction. The fact that you don't have to see us daily must be brilliant. Like, you could actually probably get on top of it and maybe put a structure in place. But I don't know. I've really been running, and people might slag me off for this, but I just was like, I don't know. I just find it really frustrating, like, how disorganized 
some people can be so uh-huh. um so the long and the short of it is i'm going to go back to who i used to be dealing with <laughs> I, I prefer the idea of just dealing with people that are organized so, yeah um i don't know about you but well i mean i don't i don't like pre-order anything so usually i'll i'll just show up and whatever i can get my hands on when i walk in is fine with me and if i can't get it then i'll just get a digital copy i i'm not i'm not so particular i mean there are a few series where i do have every copy like i i have hard copies of every issue of like firepower let's say Mm. um or some older things that i love like uh motor crush uh, so like I, I will go in and pick up the physical issues of the ones that I do want, but I walk in if they don't have what I want, I I buy what's available and then I just pick up the rest digital. I don't no, I don't but, stress. No but, no, but what I mean is if it wasn't comics though, you've ordered yeah. something, you go there, and it's like half the orders missing or you get oh, yeah. home and like and, and it's extremely and all, annoying yeah, like, because like, especially like you said during COVID times, you can't just like go back to the store and exchange it. It's like now it's a freaking process because you didn't give me what I want or you gave me the wrong thing. And now I don't want this wrong thing. And I have to go jump through hoops to get it back to you. Oh yeah. It's just like at the moment, I'm just, you know, yeah, like you say, cause of COVID it's not, and also cause you have to book a collection time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I went the other week when I got home and I was like, Oh, actually this issue is missing. And I messaged them saying this in particular, like and this, they've, have, they've done this a few times where the issue has been missing. And like, so I messaged them when I said the other day, and they were like, yeah, you should have it. And I was like, well, I haven't, and that's why I'm messaging you. Like, and they're like, oh, we'll have to see if we can find it. I was like, well, what do you mean, see if you can find it? Like, I mean, like, like, and then when they today sent me an invoice for it, like, I was like, buy it. I messaged them back going, I've already paid for this, like, yeah, three weeks yeah. ago. Like, and I was like, man, do you know what? There's enough going on in my life without having to deal with yeah, this. Like, I got like, enough crap to deal with. <laughs> Comics should not become a problem. It should, well, it should it be a reprieve. It shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be. Yeah, like you say, it shouldn't be stressful to go and buy mm-hmm. comics. Like, and I just thought, do you know what? The other people, it was easy. Every week, like every normally you get an email on a Tuesday. I click on it, pay for it. Normally by Friday, they've arrived at my house. Like, bang. That was the only real reason why I considered leaving was because... I was being impatient and I thought the idea of popping in on a Wednesday and a Thursday or a Thursday would be quite cool. But yeah. do you know what? Do you know what? To wait a day or two, I'm to, honestly, I'm just going to go back to. to yeah. Back. Cause I think, but when we first started the podcast, there was only a couple of times where the mail order didn't hit in time and we had to pick something else or we had to push back uh, recording the yeah, podcast or, episode, but or I ended up reading it digitally in the end. Or whatever. Yeah. But, and that, but, but that's kind of now what I've decided to do is like, if it is, if my comics do arrive later than Friday, I just read it digitally. And then, and then I've got it anyway. And, mm-hmm. uh, Cause I, I'm not, I'm, I like to have the original, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but anyway, I've, been chatting about this way too long so we'll we'll uh, move on to uh, talking about <laughs> this news. is important stuff though okay important yeah, stuff yeah, it, yeah. people Breaking. need to be able to get their comics on time yeah, well not yeah on time but also like get what you've paid for right exactly you know, like, yes yeah there, there's nothing wrong with like, getting what you paid for i mean honestly yeah. that's that's the least that you can do <laughs> with customers that's a very bare minimum yeah and also like, it doesn't even matter if it's comics like if yeah. you've ordered food or if you've ordered whatever you've ordered oh my god that drives or, me nuts if i pick up a to-go order especially with like especially because of covid i don't stand around checking everything if i go to a drive-thru or if i pick up a to-go order and then i get so pissed when i get home and it's like 
some of my side dishes are missing or like oh, something is, you know, something is wrong. And it's like, ah, oh, this would be so much easier if we were in the restaurant. That happened, that happened right? a couple of weeks ago. We ordered um, uh, McDonald's from Uber Eats like, and then half the order showed up. And I, went, and I said to the guy, where is it? And he went, because yeah, he went two bags and then just drove off. And I went, that was helpful. Like, <laughs> and like in other words, in other words, what he meant was there was only two bags. Uh-huh. Basically, basically touch it like, and drove off. And um, so then I went on the Uber Eats thing, and I literally had to tick everything that was missing, and they did refund that portion. But I was like, well, this is great. It's half my order. Like, and, yeah, um, well, I mean, but half your order, like you're ordering for a family. So like, 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 what happens if the half that came in was for the kids and you didn't well, get it? You know. Well, then, then I popped out and I went and got something else as well as to go with it. But because I was like, okay, well, I'm not ordering again. Like to you know, um, but like today we actually I popped out to get something and I was about to order from Uber Eats. So I was like, no, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. I, and uh, I know that was like a one. Actually, no, this happened to me two or three times from Uber Eats actually. Um, but yeah, so I was I was about to order. And I was like, no, do you know what? I'm jumping in the car. Yeah. <laughs> so. Now I I'm I'm weird, particular, whatever you want to call it. But like I don't order Uber Eats or DoorDash or any of that stuff. Like. Uh, if I order takeout food, it's from restaurants who deliver themselves. So like my, my Chinese takeout place, they deliver, um, and, or like I'll order from like pizza hut or something and pizza hut drivers deliver, but I don't trust random Joe blow dude who just decided that he wanted to earn a few extra bucks over the weekend by doing Uber. Like, I I'm sorry. I just, I can't, like, I can't, I can't like, I don't get my groceries delivered either. So like on the days when I go to the grocery store, I just throw on an extra mask and barrel through it you know like i want to pick my own produce i want to pick my own meat products like uh, i'm good well i rarely rarely get food delivered but sometimes it is handy to be honest Mm -hmm. like if you if you've been away on holiday or had a really bad day or something but oh yeah anyway um let's stop ranting and talk about (laughs) talk about news um so starting this week's news is um unfortunately well we've got two sad pieces of news uh the first one is uh, christopher Plummer uh died age 91 and um we had a quick scan of his imdb slash cv um he's well known for many things over his 70 plus years in the industry and um one of them is a d- divisive film uh, between people. Like I know many people love The Sound of Music. I am not one of them. We are not them. We, we are not those people. <laughs> However, I did want to put it on a positive note, though, that he has been in some films of mine that are actually some of my favourite films. So Star Trek V, The Undiscovered Country, probably one of my most favourite Star Trek films. I, um, I've actually watched that film those times. So I remember going to see that at the cinema with my parents when I was... Um, Oh, I can't remember, but I was like early teens or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, my one of my other favorite films of him uh, in 2006 was Inside Man. Inside Man is an incredibly underrated film. Oh, such a good movie. It's Inside really good. Man. It's great. Like, and um, I really love Inside Man. Such a such a clever. You know, I love clever heist films. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, and then which I haven't seen. He was which also. I saw uh, it twice in theaters. Uh, knives out um, <laughs> so he also has won oscars any emmys tony awards um unfortunately the canadian actor uh, has passed away but he's passed away peacefully at his home in connecticut mm-hmm. so extremely sad news there um, that, that is quite a loss and another big loss is uh cicely tyson 
Um, she's a pioneering black actress. She passed away at the age of 96. Wow. Um, she also had a career that spanned about 70 years. She garnered several uh, nominations, including 16 Emmy noms. She's won three Emmys, and she was actually the first black actress to win for Best Lead Actress um, as, uh, in an Emmy. And she's also won a Tony, and she was nominated for um, an Oscar so that's that's a big loss. Most recently, she's been seen on How to Get Away with Murder. She is Annalise's mother. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Cicely Tyson has been in a ton of stuff as well. So uh, that's yeah, that's a I big love, loss. I love how to get I love how to get away with murder. She was brilliant yeah. in that. Oh, she's she's great, and she to me she always played like that sassy character that never quite felt as old as she was supposed to have been. Um, a couple of my favorite Cicely Tyson films, uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, loved her in that film, and uh, Hoodlum, which I think is a really underrated like gangster type film. Uh, so yeah, Cicely Tyson, 96 years old. Moving on from that to some really positive news, um, CW have renewed pretty much everything um they've been <laughs> they, they and actually it's quite nice i would imagine for everybody actors actresses crew mm-hmm. uh, you know advertisers yeah they they got a whole bunch of early renewal pickups announced already so they've renewed the flash batwoman which we're really pleased to see that um Bated about that yeah uh so legends of tomorrow i'm really done with that show but um it's not Walker, done with you mark well, no, I mean, I may have to watch some of it, but it's just such a bad <laughs> show. It's such a bad show now. Like, yeah. Um, anyway, they've renewed Walker, which um, I think you were saying is the highest rated show in over five years. On highest rated season premiere in five years. So Supernatural fans really showed up for Jared Padalecki. Let me just tell you that much. Or Walker's Texas Ranger fans showed nope, up as well. That is, maybe. that is not what happened <laughs> at all. It was 100% <laughs> Supernatural fans oh, showed up I, for I, Jared Padalecki. I can saying, guarantee you no original fans of the Walker saying, Texas Ranger show saying, showed up. You're saying no Chuck Norris fans? Started, None. Uh, not a one. Tuned in, tuned in for <laughs> There's so many similarities between Chuck Norris. <laughs> anyway, um, All American, which I've never watched. Charmed, which I love. Dynasty, which I have seen like maybe two minutes of the new season, a new show, um, In the Dark, which I've never watched. It does look pretty cool though, but Legacies, which I've watched the first two seasons, I um, at some point probably watched season three. Uh, Nancy Drew, I have caught a couple of episodes, it does look pretty cool, but uh, Riverdale, uh, unfortunately, I am a season behind on, um, but it's one of the most crazy teen shows I think you'll ever watch. Roswell, New Mexico. Um, I do watch this. I never saw the original. Um, did you watch it? No. Nope. Did I watch it? Uh, I, I saw a little bit of the original, and it's very similar. I'll say. Um, yeah. So, what else have they done? So yeah, that's it. And then they've ordered five more episodes uh, of season one of Walker, uh, bringing it up to eighteen episodes. And they've also ordered two more episodes of Superman and Lois, which makes it 15 episodes. Um, no news on Superman and Lois being renewed. But I but it also it. has not been released yet either. So CW pretty much didn't renew anything that has not already premiered. I bet you. Early, early. I, I mean, know. you know, there's still plenty of time for them to announce renewals. But these, the ones that have not premiered yet have not picked up an early renewal. Oh, I can imagine it'll be renewed. Like, yeah. 
I mean, people so. people love the Arrowverse, so it's it's coming back. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, and also people love Superman, so yeah. And with Supergirl going, I can't see that they won't carry Superman. Right, on. they're gonna have to fill the void with something. And that trade of Superman looks so good. It did actually. I hate to admit it, but it totally did. It looked really good. I'm not the biggest it. fan of Superman, but like that that series looked really. And Tyler Hoechlin was really, really great casting. He's actually a really, really good Clark Kent. I, I love the fact that actually he's had such a minor role in Supergirl over the last was it five or six years or something. Mm-hmm. Supergirl's been on. Um, but when he's there, his presence is so well known. Like yeah, he, yeah. he really he really does stand out like mm-hmm. and um and i i used to um shamefully to admit that i watched every episode of team wolf and um, <laughs> like, like, um don't be ashamed he, of what you like mark well no i mean it's not a great show but like <laughs> but do you know what, though there are some shows that are terrible but like they're terrible and you still can't help but watch them yeah but and, if um, you can acknowledge that it's a terrible show and enjoy it despite of despite the fact that it's a terrible show that's fine oh yeah i know do you know they used to be um it used to be a really terrible show I used to watch. It went on for five seasons. It was one of those, um, what you call summer shows. It was um, that alien invasion show. It had that guy from, I think it was ER or something. Um, oh, I Noah Wiley? Yeah, 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 him, yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember that show. Oh, I forgot the name of it, but it was so bad. Actually, the first season or two was all right. Like, I wouldn't say it was brilliant. But honestly, it got worse and worse every year. My wife would be like, why, why are you watching it? Like, she'd even say, why are you watching it? It's so bad. And I'd be like, well, I just want to finish it. Like, I, I, I also have this thing where, like, if I've started it, I want to finish it. Uh, like, see, I don't have that. I think, thankfully, I don't have that. So, like, you ask me all the time, like, oh, we, but we covered this in the podcast. Aren't you going to finish it? And I'm like, no, no interest. <laughs> I'm, no, not gonna, I, I'm not going to keep no, watching. I do, I do have this whole thing. If I've spent X amount of hours, I'm like, well, I've already spent X hours. So I may as well just put in the X more hours to finish it because then I'll know. And sometimes, yeah, but a lot of the time I will know that I'm watching crap, but I'm mm-hmm. just like, but I want to know. Like, yeah. I want to know, like, <laughs> want to know how it's going to end. Like, because sometimes I think, Maybe they'll save the day. Like, nah, you know, they never do though. Like, and um, well, we're gonna talk about this later, but one division, like which we talk, <laughs> we're gonna talk about later. That's a show you need to go back and finish, but uh, or not finish, it's not finished. But yet, catch up but on. I'll catch up on, yeah. Yeah. And the other show you need to catch up on is Gangs of London. I know, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, that, okay. That one, that one. Like, <laughs> anyway, we'll stop now. CW renewed low shows and someone and some shows got extensions which i think is positive news yeah so our last bit of news for this week has me super super stoked it is more news about the mass effect legendary edition um so ea has finally announced an official release date it is not march like was rumored before the official release date is going to be may 14th so uh middle of spring uh pretty much so with this new release, it's going to, all the DLCs are going to be included, except for one. The one that's not coming is Pinnacle Station, which was a DLC for the first Mass Effect game. Um, that game only had two DLCs. So Bring Down the Sky will be available, but Pinnacle Station will not. And the reason for that is uh, the code was corrupted, apparently. So because of corrupted code, that DLC is not going to be included. But all of the other DLCs, the content DLCs, character packs, and armor and weapon packs are all going to be included in the cost of the Legendary Edition, which is 60 bucks, which is kind of awesome for three full games. So 
60 bucks price tag on that, which is really exciting for me. <laughs> um, lots and lots of updates came to Mass Effect 1 because it was the oldest of the three, naturally. So they updated the HUD display or the, the HUD. It's going to look a bit more like the HUD that shows up in uh, 2 and 3. Uh, supposedly they have made the Mako easier to handle. I will believe that when I see it for my own self, because uh, the Mako is incredibly hard to drive, especially when you're trying to get away from Thresher Moss. Um, they have updated character graphics for the first game. Uh, they have gone through and done minor conversation changes. They have tweaked some of the gratuitous shots that are spread throughout mostly the second and third game. Um, all, overall, they've done lots of graphic updates, but they still say that you can pull OG preset characters, so not to worry too much about that. And for the people who love those lengthy, lengthy elevator rides in the first game, there will be an option to skip the elevator scenes, or you can let the conversations play out as they naturally would. The Legendary Edition is only going to be available for uh, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. It is not available for the new-gen console, so you will not be able to play it on PS5 or Xbox Series X. Well, it's never going to come out on the next-gen consoles. Uh, so far, no. Also, they're not bringing in the multiplayer component for the third game, which is fine by me because I'm an antisocial gamer, so I hated playing the multiplayer anyway. Um but they're going to kind of just leave that alone because they don't want to maintain the multiplayer servers that come with come with it. So, I must be a bit annoying if you bought a PS5 and got rid of your PS4. Yeah. Although I can't see many people have done that at the moment because um, like I would imagine that it's probably economically better to keep both consoles at the moment. But as time Yeah, I mean, on, until things get to the point where they're automatically kind of upgraded or become backward compatible then there's there's no reason to throw away your existing console for the new one so you I might as well I, just keep both i don't plan on getting a ps5 until um the prices are much cheaper um and also until you can get one um, so. <laughs> <laughs> i think it, when i finally upgrade to the xbox series x i will finally get rid of my xbox 360 are you wanting to get a ps5 at some point or you're not uh, so it depends. Um, it, when other games start to come out, if they ever revisit Uncharted, if if we get another uh, addition to the God of War series, maybe. Um, I, I do want to play uh, the next uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. So oh, yeah. there there are some games that I, I would like to play. And we just have to kind of wait and see. Like PlayStation's not, not my go-to console, so... Yeah, there, there hard for me to talk, make that switch. There has been talk about Uncharted Five, hasn't there? Yeah, like, so. which I which I'm torn over because the end of season that's sorry the end. This, of, yeah, the four fourth, was really good. The fourth game, it kind of like I was like, no, you don't need it wrapped it up really nicely. It had it had a really great story. Do you know, I was thinking it could be that they were to bring it back, like where maybe is you'd you'd want him to be in it, like, but maybe his daughter could be with him maybe i don't know or yeah it could be one like of those things like adventure. she goes off to college and in college like her internship is doing some his daughter i mean like uh yeah. her internship is like in some jungle somewhere and then something goes wrong and he's like well gotta go save my kids so yeah <laughs> Peace that's out. I'll be back. Know, that, i could get on board with that 
like like if there's a reason for him to get back which isn't just him being selfish like and after the next big treasure if actually she goes after the next treasure and maybe then he has to go after her yeah and then it could just be like a a buddy game but it'll be a buddy father-daughter game so it would be like a less depressing version of uh the last of us even though ellie and 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 they're not father and or father and daughter but you know it kind of feels like that kind of relationship Okay, so we will wrap up our news. All right, okay, so our first review is Spectre Inspectors, the first issue of a five-issue miniseries from Boom Studios' Boombox imprint, Um, and it's written by Bowen McCurdy and Caitlin Musto, and the art is also by Bowen McCurdy as well. Oh, and the cover's by Bowen McCurdy Mm -hmm. as well, which I hadn't realised. Anyway, I... Did pick up the paper version i got the uh, variant cover i have to say this is the first ever comic i've picked up from boombox's imprint um uh boombox i to be honest i always thought it was kind of like um more for children so mm-hmm. i didn't really didn't really pick this up and this so what i actually realized was because i did google and had a little look at the imprint and stuff under this imprint is released for children and adults mm-hmm. so um this book i would say is probably teenage plus i mean the yeah. artwork itself is all ages but the story is a bit the creepy. story could get creepy yeah for sure yeah. for younger I, kids the creepiness is kind of in a funny way mm-hmm. but you could see maybe younger more impressionable children it might play on their minds so i would just beware that's all i would say so i personally wouldn't want my children to read this i feel like they're too young um, mm-hmm. but um, anyway, so the book stars uh, four children, um, teenagers. They must be teenagers. They must be seventeen plus because they drive and stuff like that, and clear and check into motels. So they clearly yeah. Clearly the three three of them are college grads, but like new college grads. So maybe they're like twenty one, twenty two. Oh, okay. So, so the four young adults uh, as Noah, Astrid, Gus, and Co. Um, clearly very common names um <laughs> so definitely not definitely not over here anyway so especially noah the way it's spelled it has no h so. yeah well it's a girl um, too so a girl named noah is kind of odd. oh is that yeah yeah maybe yeah. that's where they maybe that's where the thing i've never seen that variation of noah so yeah um i like the names though they're pretty cool but mm. yeah like you say they're not your claire daves and your steves are they so um <laughs> <laughs> uh but then that's what the cool thing about comics is that you can kind of just you know have that crazy different name yeah go wild um this comic is like if you're a fan of Mm scooby-doo if you're a fan of supernatural Mm -hmm. and if you're a fan of both i and this yeah this is right in your wheelhouse and if you rem- if you are definitely a fan of Supernatural and you can remember they did these crazy one-off episodes with like the Ghost Hunter ones. Yes, Ghost Spacers. Um, ghost Spacers, yeah, yeah, that's it. Did you watch those episodes? Oh my God, Ghost, <laughs> Ghost Spacers. Yes, I loved the Ghost Spacers. <laughs> well, you know, it's making me want to go and rewatch Supernatural. <laughs> uh, so they, these young adult students, they have... I think it's like a YouTube channel. And we they, assume. They don't really yeah, specifically yeah. say, but they do talk about going viral. Yeah, so I think it's a YouTube channel. And they, they go in and they film, they break into sort of haunted type places and they film. But 
and and as the issue goes on they talk about how they weren't doing particularly well and you know they their last video went viral and then we find out why mm-hmm. um, but they so they get to this place called cape grace and mm-hmm. they they book into a motel originally um and they kind of chit chatty and having a bit of an intro and they so they refer to themselves as the Inspectors, <laughs> uh, which I thought was kind of cool. The whole yeah. thing, to be honest, is really like lovely. Like, yeah. And uh, as an adult, I didn't think think it was creepy, but like I said, I think it would play on people's minds, like who yeah. are maybe maybe like ten and below. I think. Like, um, do you know what it made me remember think of actually when they got to the big house, um, Casper? You know the. the oh movie, yes, yes. Um, uh, With Devin Sawa and Christina Ricci. Yeah, yeah, that like yeah. when um, how all the random people kept going in, going in, and then eventually Christina Ritchie's family go in, and actually they kind of do go in. Like, yeah. And um, but yeah, when they arrive in at this big house, it really made me think of of, of uh, Casper, um, especially when they go into sort of the big foyer when it's all open and mm-hmm. everything. And um, man, I would never have wanted to move into Casper's house. No. Nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're sort of going around and like filming stuff and sort of stretching their legs and everything like that. The one thing I thought was a bit silly on their parks, you know, they say there's no attic on the plans and then they're like, what's that? Right. And I was like, well, if you saw the plans, you would have known that there was a bell tower, right? So, yeah, you like, should have. Like, yeah. like, um, but anyway, so they go up into the tower and um, I can't remember. So the two two sort of main uh, girls. Yeah, Astrid is the purple haired girl. Yeah, I well, I got confused by the names, but like um, they end up in an argument, and this they're sort of referring to their um, viral video. Um, Street what? racers, yay! Oh, is that what that was? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what happened like the, the other week on mine, where I had someone yeah. zoom past me. And um, anyway, uh, they end up in this bell tower, and they kind of sort of hashing things out and talking about hearing voices and. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Like, and then um, and then they're like, yeah, you know, you you heard them too, didn't you? And all the spiritual stuff. And they're like, Astrid's, well, like, I've got to tell you a secret. Not secret, so I've got to tell you, um, I kind of um, did something and uh, I edited our last video. And I was yeah. like, and, uh, I put, uh, and I put voices in there. And I was like, initially I was a little bit annoyed by this because I was like thinking... This is quite early on, yeah. Like, to, ha- to have like quite a big moment between the mm-hmm. two, and I thought I was a little bit thinking, could we not have saved this drama for a bit later and maybe explored the house more? Oh no, because uh, they have more drama later. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but then as they're sort of getting really heated, and she's like, you know, you're not taking this seriously, and then it, it's kind of really weird. Like, and I didn't really get how they showed the the puddle drop unless they're going to explain that later like yeah you know, maybe this, they show astrid sort of sweaty and then they kind of show, the, show this puddle drop thing yeah um and then like it goes to she sort of passes out and then we yeah. go to three days later yeah 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 like so <laughs> so yeah so then they're back in the hotel room with mm-hmm. there and they've like left her alone for three days which i think's weird there's no there's no way anyone leaves their friend in the room next door for three days no like, and not go in there no you don't do that I mean an hour maybe but like not three days like so then they they go into the room and when you see it it's completely wrecked and um and then astrid's of course on the ceiling um yes 
That's and... when it gets really creepy because it's like mm, that's like a classic possessed person pose. Oh, oh yeah, completely. I was like at that yeah. point, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. Um, so, so they do they do cover possession, and that's where I think it would be quite creepy for younger yeah, readers. Yeah, definitely. Um, however, the possession is done. I think in quite a funny way. Yes, uh, it is definitely not like creepy, scary face. It is very much like cheesy, scary face kind of. Like they, they have. I, I do like the fact they all get in the car with Astrid, mm-hmm. and and they even make jokes about like, why am I sitting next to her? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, so of the four, there's three of them that graduated from college, and then Noah, who's like the the host of the show, so to speak, her younger brother, his name is Gus. So he's still in high school, and his question, like the whole time they're in the car, is like. Why do I have to be the one to protect your creepy girlfriend? <laughs> I, I, I like um, so they're dry, they're trying to leave this town, and he's like, "I've driven past the the, the, the leaving sign three times, and mm-hmm. they're all looking a bit like weird." And then suddenly, Astrid's whatever's possessed Astrid is like suddenly kicks in, mm-hmm. and then like the the um, the lettering's really cool, by the way, like how they switch from Astrid yeah. to, to show the Oh, difference. plus the way that they, they draw it, like when, when Astrid's possessed spirit is talking, she's got two sets of pupils in each eye so that you can, you can kind of almost see like there is a person trying to show through her. Uh, so I thought that part was really cool too, the two pupils. And um, I like it. She's like, I, I don't know how how it would sound but she's like you won't be leaving or whatever you know mm-hmm. like and then um and then she and then Astrid's like you guys heard that right you, know, you, heard, you guys heard that too right and I was yeah. like and I was like actually I quite like that like the fact the flip-flopping between Astrid like half it's almost like half possessed like right right fully. um and then and then yeah there's like yeah like it's in there but it doesn't have full control yeah but there's like banter between Astrid and the yeah the, like the, the poltergeist or whatever it is. That's Which kind of reminded me of Hellstrom a little bit. Like the way that the mother in Hellstrom was possessed, but like could kind well, of was, suppress the spirit sometimes. That was horrific though. <laughs> and actually, well, her acting was probably the best part about that show. Yeah, she like, was 100% the best part of that show. Uh, anyway, let's not talk about Hellstrom. Oh, it's a terrible show. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but, the, but you know, the flip-flopping was quite good. Like the way they did it, actually, I have to say, like an... Um, and so she kind of wants to make it. The demon wants to make a deal with mm-hmm. the three friends. Go figure, a demon right. wanting to make a deal. But I like it when they say, "Look, I don't know that much about demons, but I, what I do know is you don't make a deal with a demon." Exactly. And then I did like the demon's response was, "Okay, let's do it like how you know. Let's not say this is an official deal. Mm-hmm. Let's say it as you as you humans would say." off the books yeah like, yeah and i thought that's actually quite funny like, especially like, for a hundred year old demon to kind of have the slang down you know yeah like and um I, I, oh yeah do you know the brother is 15 actually yeah they, he does say i'm 15 um but anyway like i do like honestly i do love the whole banter thing but what i love was as they're phasing out like um i kind of feel like i should read this so like yes in order to release me and free your friend you must find something that was taken from me over a century ago, along with my memory. And they're like, and that is my name. Dun, dun, right. dun. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And like, yeah. you, you made a mention to what that sort of made you think of. Um, yeah. It, so, of course, like the first thing that popped into my head was Rumpelstiltskin. 
which is the fairy tale where the little goblin demon guy is like, I'm going to wreak havoc until you tell me what my name is. And people have to figure out that his name is freaking Rumpelstiltskin. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you really know, that's so common. I really hope, though, that they do make that joke in the next issue because that would be really cool. That would be hilarious, like, wouldn't it? Like, it'd be good if they do recognize that that is clearly something that's been yes. done before. Right. And, then it, and if he laughs it off, like, no, like that, I'd, oh, I'd love it if they do something like that. But yeah. Um, I, do you know what, though? What I really love is the artwork. Like, from this it's book. really, it's really cute. It's got lots of soft edges. It has bright colors, but they're still kind of like muted bright colors. It's a very colorful book. Uh, there's a lot of detailing in the backgrounds. There's a lot of detailing in the landscapes. Um, and there's even detailing in like the characters' facial features. So it it's it was fun to read. I, I breezed through it to the point where when I got to the end, I was like, that can't be it already. I know. Well, yeah. You know, like the dialogue as well, I just felt mm-hmm. really flowed really yes. well. Um, it just, it felt, it was a nice read. There was like... Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I pick up a comic. I'm like, oh, so like, it's not, a chore. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not like every comic, but like, there's some comics yeah. you pick up and you're like, oh, flipping heck! Like, I will never forget um, opening that that first issue of Death Metal, and it was just like there were so many word bubbles on the page. I was like, I can't even see the illustrations because there's so many word bubbles on this page. This is ridiculous. I never like. Oh, well, I know a lot of people love Death Metal, but Death Metal was just Death terrible. Metal was hard to read, honestly. Death Metal, uh, but this book was. Like honestly, like you said, it just—you—it's a page turner. It's nothing special. It is nothing new. There's no new formula. It is very familiar. A lot of the aspects of this book are things that you have heard somewhere else. But like at the same time, even though these characters are kind of generic, they're still very endearing, um, and and you really get kind of pulled into the story. And and like I I made a note like the whole Rumpelstiltskin shtick, I was like, I'm embarrassed to say that that really kind of pulled me in. I was like, dang it, like, now I want to know what this demon's name is and, like, what the story behind this demon is and why it's there and why it's willing to make this deal in the first place as opposed to being, like, a malevolent spirit, you know? That's actually, do you know, that's actually one of the things I wrote down was, you know, just about the characters I did write down that there's not a lot of character background or Mm -mm. development of these characters. You're Mm -hmm. kind of just thrown in really to just them rocking up to this um, motel, motel, then creepy house. And then right. it's like we catch them when they're maybe like five or six episodes into their whole entire ghost hunter series or whatever. They did make a joke. They made a joke, didn't they? Like, oh, we don't talk about episode four. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was funny. (laughs) There's some good humor, actually. Like, but, but yeah, there's the. The characters haven't been really fleshed out. However, they've kind of given us enough surface of them, but and and probably over five issues, we may not really learn that much about them. So it probably will just be about this arc, like mm. about whatever this demon wants. Um, I, I I would definitely read the rest of this miniseries. So. I would too. I I enjoyed it. I I really did. It, it was a nice change of pace too, because it was it was a nice easy read, but it still kept my attention, and I was intrigued by the end, and it asked enough questions that made me want answers to them. Like, uh, so like they talk about this house that they go to, the town hall. Um, it's not a house, it's a town hall that they go to, where there was a fire a hundred years ago, and that fire killed two people. So of course, by the time I got to the end, I was like, okay, well, 
who were those two people that died in the fire? Why was Astrid chosen as the ve uh, vessel as opposed to Noah, Gus, or Co? Why did the demon say that Astrid was really empty inside? Like, what's wrong with her? Um, <laughs> like, there, there's so many questions that I have. And I thought that this first issue did a really good job of dropping those breadcrumbs to keep me interested as opposed to dropping breadcrumbs that I didn't even care about. I would definitely read the rest of this. I'm taught, the only thing I'm a bit torn about is whether I'd read the issues or whether I'd read it in one day. I'd, I'd wait uh, until it was collected and I'd pick it up again. I, I actually think it'd be quite a nice graphic novel to have. Like, mm -hmm. um, but no, I'd, I'd yeah, recommend it if you're looking for something that's a little bit different. Yeah. Like you say, it's nothing particularly original, but no. I do think it's also different in a sense. Like, I, I don't know, like, I guess it's different in, in a way that you don't need, there's nothing to have read before. Um, and I know it's not the only indie book that comes out weekly, but or, or is coming out every week. There's always new indie books out there. But mm -hmm. I do really like the style of book. I, I definitely would recommend this to people. If I think if you're fans of Scooby-Doo and Supernatural and things like Casper, I, I definitely feel probably 14 up would probably appreciate this book. Yeah, Comixology listed it as 15 plus. Okay, well, so, I was almost there. Yeah, well, you're, right, you're right there on the mark. <laughs> <laughs> um cool. we, oh yeah we gave it a four out of five so we, we... yeah i mean we like we said we enjoyed it it's nothing nothing special one of the one of the unique things about the book is that um it does have a queer couple as like the the forefront so noah and astrid are both girls they're they're a couple and they talk about being girlfriends like it's nothing but it's it's not one of those books that kind of you know there, there's no there's nothing sexual in this book there's nothing inappropriate it's it's not an r-rated book so there's nothing being flaunted or anything like that it's just kind of naturally plays out in conversation to the point where it's not even something that is sort of worth mentioning you know because it's just a natural normal thing so and the and the writer bowen she um has on her website as well that she's gay as well right mm -hmm. so um taken from her own experience rather than just looking it up yeah Google. then just trying to tick a box tick a diversity yeah, yeah. box yeah yeah so, so we, we enjoyed um, this book four to five it's uh it's a it's a good pickup moving on to the next bit now this is something that i had watched when it originally came out i can still rip your throat out you can but it won't stop me staking you but you will still die but i don't care Killing you was the point. Living through it was just a luxury. <laughs> Castlevania, the first season. I was so excited about this show. Um, I actually got to, uh, at the time, I think it came out in 2017. At the yeah, time, I was writing for another website. And I got to interview Adi Shankar, who is one of the producers for this show. And that is, to this day, still one of the most fun quote unquote celebrity interviews I've ever done because somehow some kind of way we because Castlevania started as a video game and we got to talking about Mortal Kombat and we spent so long talking about Mortal Kombat that his publicist was like you've got three minutes left and I was like oh crap I still have a lot of questions that I have to ask you about Castlevania but we spent so much time talking about Mortal Kombat um so Castlevania was based on the video game, the Japanese video game from 19, well, the video game series that originated in 1986 from Konami. Uh, this series was created by Warren Ellis, developed by Adi Shankar, 
directed by Sam Dietz, Adam Dietz, and Spencer Warren. The season one was written by Warren Ellis. Voice cast stars Richard Armitage, James Calais, Graham McTavish, Alejandro Reynosa, uh, Tony Amendola, Matt Freer, and Emily Swallow. Now, that's a, it's a spectacular voice cast, honestly. Um, Richard Armitage is really great as Trevor Belmont. My favorite voice character, though, is definitely uh, Vlad Tepish because I love Graham McTavish so much. He was the villain in the second Uncharted game uh, as uh, Victor Lasoyevich. I believe. Anyway, there's a there's several yelling scenes in Uncharted where Graham McTavish is just yelling Nathan Drake's name. And at one point, Dracula screams in the first season of Castlevania. And like when he screams, all I can hear in my head is Drake from the second video game. And it just cracks me up all the time. Anyway, voice cast is great. The first season is only four episodes. It's it's very short. This first season is actually based on the third in the video game series. The third game is called Castlevania III, uh, Dracula's Curse. So the third game is actually a prequel to the original game. Uh, it takes place a few centuries before the first game happens. So it feels like the, they're telling this story through the anime in chronological order as opposed to like in-game order. Um, so the series starts out, we're in this fictional country of Wallachia. We are introduced to a woman named Lisa, who is kind of going through the countryside collecting information and she comes upon uh, Vlad Tepish's castle. Um, and she is very bold and unafraid and she just goes up right to the front door, knocks on the door and is like, yo man, look, I know you can teach me about medicine. so." open these doors, let me in and teach me because I really want to help these people. And I want to do it in a way that is science-based and not based on like witchcraft or whatever. Um, and so at first he's like, well, who are you just rolling up in my house talking about you want me to teach you some stuff. Anyway, they have a really, really kind of interesting banter between the two of them. And because they're both so strong headed or hard headed rather, um, they, they kind of fall into sync and Dracula's like, you know what, you're the first human that I found interesting in a very long time. So sure, come on in, I'll, I'll teach you what I know. So then we have a time skip. We're 20 years later, same country and everything. Uh, with, with no warning whatsoever, Lisa is now being burned at the stake for being accused of being a witch. So we have moved 20 years in time and now she is of uh, her, you know, she's dying there's a corrupt bishop. You can tell he's corrupt just by the sheer nature of the way that this character is drawn. He looks very shady. He looks like a shady old dude. Um, so you've got this bishop and he's basically like, no, no, she, she talked about she was doing all this science stuff. Really, she's a witch. She's doing witchcraft. She's helping people. She calls herself a healer. We're just going to burn her at the stake and be done with it. Um, and in her like dying breath, she's kind of like, hey, don't punish them because they don't know what they're doing, which actually kind of reminds me of a, of a verse from the Bible when someone is like, forgive them, Lord, because they know not what they do. Uh, and I, you know, that scene, that scene made me think of um, yeah, when Jesus is on the yeah, cross. Like, exactly. um, 
uh, it's very similar to that. I felt yeah. I took a lot from that. It definitely was. It, it that's that was the first thing that popped into my head was the fact that these people literally strung you up and set you on fire, and your words to your husband, who happens to be Dracula, one of the worst like mass murderer villains of all time is hey don't don't be mean to them because they don't know the extent of how wrong that they are so it kind of just gives you a hint into her character and and the kind of person that she is so obviously she dies at the uh, being burned alive when dracula finds out that his wife has been murdered by the townspeople of course he goes nuts and he shows up in inside the flames sort of so to speak and he gives the town a warning and he says i'm going to give you a year i'm going to give you one year to get out of here anybody who is left here in a year's time i am literally going to rain hell down upon you because you murdered the only person i have ever loved in the entire world okay so he just told you straight up that this is exactly what he's going to do so we fast forward to a year later and the archbishop, who is different than the bishop that we met before, he's some schlubby old guy who can barely even stand out of his own chair. And he's like, the devil said he was going to come back in a year and he never showed up. And then, of course, Dracula's hordes uh, do show up. They start murdering townspeople. It is very gory. This series is definitely not for children. Um there are people that get ripped in half. There are heads get lobbed off. There are entrails all over the place. This, this is a very violent sequence. So true to his word, he gave the townspeople a year, comes back, kills everyone, and is slowly working his way through the entire country. Um, so then we, we have another time skip sort of where it's like we come across Trevor Belmont. He is drunk in a bar. He has run out of beer. And the townspeople are kind of talking trash about the old school families. And his family happened to be one of them, the Belmont family, which they used to be monster hunters. Um, so they've sort of fallen from grace. Trevor Belmont is the last of the Belmont line. So he is the one that is kind of keeping the lineage alive. Uh, and he's just basically like this down and out guy. Uh, he has no money. He has no place to stay. He has no shelter, no nothing. He sleeps outside under trees and tries to get by, um, doing odd jobs here and there. Anyway, he gets pulled into this fight against Dracula's hordes and the church. Um, so the corruption of the church has spread through the entire countryside. So he gets to this one town, runs into this tribe of people called Speakers. They're sort of peacekeepers, um, very kind of monk-like. They're nonviolent. They are there to help the people of the town, but the townspeople are very paranoid and think that they have brought the demon horde along with them. Anyway, the speaker is like, hey, look, I lost my grandchild. If you, it, and uh, Trevor is like, okay, look, if I find your grandchild and bring them back, will you please leave so that these town people don't murder you? And the speaker guy is like, okay, sure, fine. Well, it's a deal. So Trevor finds the grandchild. Grandchild turns out to be a girl. Um, who is also a magician. So now we have a monster hunter who has consecrated weapons that can kill demons and a magician who can use fire and ice magic. So basically they kind of stay behind, protect the town because of course everything bad happens after the sun goes down. So sun goes down, all of these demon hordes come 
and one of the demons actually can speak and so he walks into the church where the corrupt priest is and the priest is like you cannot be here in the house of the lord <laughs> the demon this is one of my favorite lines in the whole series the demon is like there is no god here like please you you are bad you're a bad person you're corrupt there's no one here to protect you and there's nothing here that i can't walk into so basically the the priest finally gets or the bishop gets his just desserts so uh he gets eaten by a demon and then we get to the point where there's a legend because of course there's a legend right so the legend is there is a savior buried below the town that can stop dracula from wreaking havoc across the country so trevor and sipa who is uh, played by alejandro is the speaker that he goes to find after he fights a cyclops which was very interesting <laughs> him and sipa uh wind up in another dungeon of sorts they find a body in a coffin turns out that that body in the coffin is adrian tepesh the son of vlad and lisa he is a vampire so he's half human half vampire his father wounded him so badly that he put himself into stasis for about a year because he disagreed with the way that his father was going about his revenge for his mother's death so dracula pretty much wounded him so terribly that he had to go to sleep to heal himself so now that he's out, him and Sifa and Trevor fight. And then they decide, you know what? You're all trying to get rid of the same guy that I'm trying to get rid of. So why don't we just team up and work together? Because the legend says that the savior is going to work with a hunter and a magician to bring down Dracula. So that's the legend. The, the legend from the future is, is what they call it. So it's interesting. Like after the four episodes, we get a team up, a very odd trilogy or, or trio rather um of a half human half vampire a magician and a drunk hunter uh and eventually they will all set out to bring dracula to his demise so it's it's very interesting um lots of lots of blood and gore uh lots of violence there's lots of fighting in this first season there is not too much story development it all kind of happens rather quickly and it almost feels like this first season is a prequel mm -hmm. just like a, a prequel or a prelude to or prologue i guess to everything that happens in seasons two and three now i've seen every episode of uh castlevania mark hasn't so i'm, I'm very excited to live vicariously through mark as he watches this for the first time um because the, I loved the first season and I thought that the first season set everything else up really well. But I, Mark says he has a different opinion about the first season. I, I watched it twice um, this week. So I watched it on Monday. And I'm glad I rewatched it because uh, my opinion improved having watched it a second time. <laughs> um, I, I know you love it. And I know that it's quite well thought of Castlevania. So I know coming in with a negative opinion would be probably. It's not, but I mean, it's not a negative opinion. I didn't think you had a negative opinion. No, no, but I mean, like, if I think if I'd have just watched it the once, it would have been. Oh, fun. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was definitely more of a negative opinion. I'm glad I rewatched it a second time. I'm glad I gave it a second chance. Yeah. Um, I definitely liked it a lot more having watched it a second time. Um, having watched it the first time, I was like, oh, it was just, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't. For me. 
I didn't. I, I kept thinking this didn't feel like for me. Like so, so I was a bit disappointed because I was like, I know Jasmine. Well, there's not it. much to sink your teeth into in that first yeah. season. I will give you that. Yes, there, there's not enough for you to like get attached to. And I and I was texting someone else that we were talking about this before we started recording, and they like were like Castlevania, like excited, and I was like. <laughs> Okay, I was like definitely missing something. Like, and um, so, so I rewatched it, and I'm glad I rewatched it. I, I made sure, like, I gave it my full attention. There was mm-hmm. nothing in my hands. It was like I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, no, I didn't even. Um, well, I did take notes, but I made sure I was like they weren't on my phone. I was actually writing them down, and um, so there was no way of getting distracted. Um, so my thoughts were, I felt a little bit like the Injun Chronicles in terms of rushed. Um, and we both said that we felt the Injun Chronicles rush through yeah. things. And um, I was so, there was parts of this show, parts of this season that I was enjoying. And then I was like, oh, flipping heck, so I skipped to something else. Like, and I was just like, can't we just like, can't we just develop what's going on here a little bit? It was yeah. like, so like in the first episode, like you just said, um, uh, Dracula and his wife meet. And I was getting really into that. And I was getting into just how, brash and brazen she was mm-hmm. like, just literally just especially like, for a human to just like roll up and you know that this dude has a bad reputation well she she just walked in there and she yeah. just did not care that this was dracula let's be yeah. honest if i met dracula and he was real i would probably be fairly scared i would uh, shit myself uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i mean i suppose if you met dracula he's most likely going to kill you you might just say look man before you do that Flipping yeah. to Dracula. Like, yeah. let's have a con- let's, let's at least talk. Can we for 10 talk minutes. first? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can we not just talk for ten minutes? Like, yeah. but I suppose, yeah, I suppose if you are going to meet someone like that, you might just say, "Come on, man, give me ten minutes." Like, mm-hmm. but, but I love, but I loved how brash she was, and um, and then suddenly to to just to skip to like literally, I don't know how many years they skip forward, like 10, 20. 10, 20 Was it twenty mm-hmm. years? I knew it was quite a while, and like to suddenly skip like and then just see her burning alive. And that's why I'm glad I rewatched this a second time because she was like, they don't, they do not know what they've done and stuff yeah. like that, or what they do. And and I, and I, even even the first and the second time, I was a bit like, this is very much like Jesus on the cross, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, it was a very similar thing. And then, um, and then, yeah, like you say, then they show Dracula just, you know, burning down everybody and going nuts. And yeah. And then, and then suddenly, episodes two to four were built very much off the back of that. But right. Again, they're following. Um, but after Dracula basically disappeared for a year because he gave the townspeople a year, and he was like, "I'm going to come back and I'm going to kill all of you people." Yeah. And then they focused on you know someone else um, during that time. Yeah, tre- so tre- so then yeah, episode two kicks in with Trevor Belmont mm-hmm. and follows him three episodes as he's like you just said, kind of getting the band together. Um, and so I could tell it's Richard Armitage. Mm-hmm. I recognise his voice. So really strong actor been in many things he's yeah. been in um the um the uh, the hobbit films he's uh it was in the stranger which i loved like last year i remember watching that in like one day i was so addicted to the stranger he was um, in strike back <clears throat> on cinemax which is a series i loved i've not seen that actually but he was in spooks as well i literally could tell his voice straight away oh yeah yeah he's got a very <clears throat> recognizable voice but I loved um, so when he met um, uh, Sifo in um, 
in the tomb where he ends up like killing Cyclops, which mm-hmm. I thought was, I actually did think that moment. So that's the thing. There's some really cool moments. So the, the battle with Cyclops and then when he meets Cipher and they, and there's instant like banter. And, and like you just said, like later on when they meet, um, uh, Alucard, Alucard mm-hmm. and, um, who's played by the brilliant, uh, James Callis from, one of the best yeah, sci-fi that's, shows of all time, Galactica. Like, he, and he's pretty much one of the best characters in it. Like, and um, he's he's like, you know, there's always a show where there's someone you want to punch. He was yes, like that he's guy, that guy but, for sure, hundred like, percent. Like, but but the character, not the actor. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and like, so I was like, it's such amazing cast, and um, and the fight scene between Alucard and um, Trevor, Trevor, um, uh, Bell. It's just amazing, like, and um, I love the whip and all this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. and, I love know, Trevor's the whip. Sword, the sword fighting and everything yeah. is pretty cool. And actually, that brings us to probably one of the the best lines in the entire four episodes. Killing you, what's the point? Living through it was a luxury. Like, right, because like, it's basically they're both at a standstill where like dracula has trevor you know at his fingertips where he could just snap his neck in an instant and trevor has his sword pointed at dracula's heart or not dracula alucard's heart um and he's like well i mean this could go one of two ways and then sifa is in the background and she's like if you even make a move i'll kill you before you get a chance to rip his throat out so it's a it's a standoff of epic proportions pretty much um i did love the humor as well oh yeah so so, you know you know when um but just before that fight so when they end up in alucard's tomb he's like asking them why they're there and all this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. she she gives this really like you know long-winded explanation and he's like even yeah, why are you here and he's like well i just fell down a hole like, oh yeah there's like, even there's even one part when they're fighting when uh oh, yeah. it back to the bar trevor knees alucard in the nuts and alucard is like this is not a bar fight have some class and i was <laughs> like in the middle of a fight for your life you really stopped to say uh can you please be classy about this yeah i know when he said that it was a that, that did throw me off although yeah. it was funny it was weird like, i thought so, it was hilarious so um but but yeah. i thought that the the writing in this in this first season was really really great um in i think it's episode three when he when trevor is talking with the uh speakers he's talking to the leader of the speakers and he's going on about this is not my problem. I'm not going to stay here and, and risk my life for these people. And he's talking about the people of the town and the speaker is like, well, don't you feel any compassion? And Trevor is like, no, this is what the church wanted. My family were the only people who could have fought Dracula and his army, but they didn't want us. They wanted to fight the darkness on their own terms. So good luck to them. And the speaker is like, yeah, but all of these ordinary people are caught up in this battle between the church and, and these families and the demons. And uh, Trevor says, for evil bastards to win power, all ordinary people have to do is stand aside and keep quiet. There is always a choice. So I thought that Trevor is wise, even though he pretends to just kind of like play himself off as like the unlucky drunk just going from town to town. But you can tell that there's something deeper within him that he's not just going to abandon post and he's not just going to abandon these people, no matter how much he says he wants to, like he ends up doing the right thing in the end. Um, so I think there's, there's so many seeds that are sown in this first episode or first uh, season, even though it's only four episodes that it's, it's so exciting. And like to watch it change so dramatically in the second season to when we kind of go back in time. Cause one of Mark's complaints was a, uh, 
not enough time getting to know Dracula and Lisa before, you know, before all of this yeah, stuff happened. Say, yeah. And I told him before we started, I was like, well, good thing for you. They cover a lot of that in season two. Um, so I, I think season two of, of, of the three seasons so far, season two, in my opinion, is the best. Um, it has the most interesting characters. It's got some of the best dialogue. Some, it's got continues with the excellent fight scenes, but I just love the story in the second season because we do get a lot more Dracula and we get a lot more of his motives and what's going on in his head. But we also get like his ideas actually reaching other people versus him being a one man show pulling together these mindless, thoughtless demons. I mean, we get to see how these demon hordes are created. We get to see the humans that he has actually come to trust and work with in order to build his demon army. Um, so as powerful as Dracula is, he still can't do this on his own. So to watch the character development come through in the second season, um, it's it's such a treat. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. But I love this first season so much because I think it really kind of sets the tone for a no holds barred, no bullshit. Like this is, this is our show. It's violent, it's bloody, it's gory. Um, but we're also witty. We're funny. We're, um, we're biting. I mean, it, it like, it doesn't pull any punches with the writing. It doesn't pull any punches with the way that these characters go through the world. So I really, really loved this first season short as it was. I think, yeah, so that's like you just said my main complaint, really. It was too short and disjointed. Mm. I, I just felt it was a little bit, I don't know, it didn't feel like it dwelled enough on, on certain places. Like, mm. And I just felt like I was getting good moments and then suddenly we were rushing to the next good moment or mm -hmm. whatever it was. And, um, yeah, I mean, I know. Which I, I think, I mean, those are, I think those are fair criticisms, definitely. Um, I said, um, was it, so just getting... I don't know, so I was just getting, you know, you're sort of getting into something. And then, like so the first episode, I felt like I was really getting into the Dracula thing with his wife. And then suddenly, episode two, we we're just given an entire brand new cast mm -hmm. and characters. And, and I was like, what? Like, and, um, yeah. and then I, and I was like, you know, what? I wasn't, I wanted to see more from the wife of Dracula. Like I said, though, I, I didn't know that would be covered later on. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know, just, yeah, I, I'm really hoping that season two and three will be so much better because, I mean, I've heard good things, so... I'm, they I'm are, I promise. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to add was um, when I was preparing for um, this episode, uh, for this review of uh, Castlevania, I got out the Nintendo Classic uh, and turned, <laughs> it, turned, it, turned it on. And so I didn't, so um, I was saying to Jasmine before we recorded, I was a Sega uh, and then PlayStation man uh, as a child. And um, so we never had Nintendos or Super Nintendos or anything like that, but we did buy a Nintendo Classic a couple of years ago, uh, occasionally it gets used. And um, before we recorded, I decided to put it on. There was only Castlevania 1 and 2 on there, not 3, which this is based off of. Mm -hmm. um, it just makes you realise how far we have come like, yes. in terms of gaming. Uh, so to play as um, Trevor Belmonte, that's what it looks like to me anyway in the second game. I, I didn't didn't check my facts on that, to be honest. But he's walking around with his whip in the game. And just literally, it's just, you know, like, it's just like playing like Mario. Rather than jumping on toads, you're just flicking the whip as you yeah. just, as demons <laughs> come out. I did I did play it until I eventually died, and um, which was about 10 minutes into the game. Uh, <laughs> I was like, this is just, I know probably back in 1986 or whenever it was it yeah. came out, it was probably the, like, probably people in the playground were probably talking about how brilliant mm -hmm. it was. 
Well, I was just, oh, this is awful game. Uh, I mean, <laughs> going back, I feel the same way. Like, I have such a hard time playing platformers, like the the platformer games where the screen is always moving behind you. Mm. Um, uh, it's it's not the same. I think once you have started playing like the new gen games, it's it's impossible to kind of go back to that unless you're specifically looking for that sense of nostalgia. Like. I, uh, you said you were Sega and PlayStation. I grew up on actually, uh, one of my cousin's old Atari systems and, uh, Super NES. So I played a ton of Mario when I was a kid and I can't imagine, like to me now that just seems so antiquated, the whole platformer kind of style of gaming. So yeah, I imagine it'd be hard to go back to that. I think, um, my dad as well at car boot, he found one of those old, um, consoles and i can't remember i can't remember the brand, the brand name of it but it was like um you had these little controllers that you that were on cords to mm-hmm. the to the they're like like um uh, i don't know what is it like curled cords and you could play tennis so you had like a thing like probably you could um like a like a like a wheel or something mm-hmm. you could like to just turn it around and you had a board that would go up and down the screen and so you could just play tennis with somebody on the tv like literally oh, you mean like pong yeah like the bat the bats would go up and down the screen on either side uh-huh. by, um and then the ball like would go from one side to the other and obviously the goal was to get it past the the other person's bat yeah uh, like so oh well, well yeah i think we could well i think it was tennis or something over here but but yeah we had one of those as well um but anyway we're going way off topic now so like um castlevania like i say i wanted to play a little bit of it before we chatted about it just sort of to go to its origins and it's just crazy to think how we went from a game from early 1980s to this Mm -hmm. anime series i loved and i I know we had a little chat saying about how this went through sort of development hell and yeah yeah it was originally they had talked about doing a movie and it was 2007 and nothing was happening and then uh warren ellis had always been attached to it and then addy shankar jumped in i want to say 2015 and when he jumped in it kind of then got uh, a bit more noticed and that was when netflix picked it up so I would just love to know like how they went from having this real basic concept game, which I know had a bit of a, I know it had a story, but it was never, the story was obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, probably never as elaborate as the anime TV series. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd just love to, I would love to know how they went from, I'd love to know how did someone play the game and, and maybe they were playing things in their head, like how this would well, work. Well, I think like, the, the way that Addy explained it in, when I talked to him, he said it was because he had just moved to like this new town and he didn't really have any friends at school. So when he come home from school, he would play video games and he was like, and then the video game characters kind of became my friends and you just kind of build stories around the characters because you spend so much time with them anyway, that you just kind of let your imagination run wild. So he said, it's always one of those things that he's, that he's been interested in. And when he saw the opportunity to, to get his hands on it, he jumped at it. So that's actually quite interesting to hear, like how, because I, I was thinking, how do you go from this concept of this very basic video game to what we have in Netflix anime, like mm-hmm. 30, 30 plus years later? Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite interesting to hear that it started as actually somebody five, 10 years old playing video games and started just imagining what he would yeah. do with those characters. So yeah, that's a, quite an interesting background. It's, it's sort of like a, a an iteration of fan fiction in a way, like, you you just kind of fill in the gaps with your own imagination based on a a foundation that someone else has provided. Mm-hmm. 
So. So, but yeah, I mean, like I say, I wasn't as into this first season, but there were there were good moments in there. Like, I'm not gonna not gonna disagree. Like with that, there are good moments. Like definitely the first episode, I want to see more of Dracula and his wife as we go mm-hmm. on. Um, I did like the banter between uh, Cipher and Trevor Belmonte. Oh, there's and, gonna be plenty more of that. But initially, I was like, I did. I, I got to be honest. Initially, I thought Trevor Belmonte's character was fairly one-dimensional. But yeah. as the as the three episodes went on, it's I not until de- you, he actually talks to the speakers and and you kind of get the sense that he feels like he his family had been wronged. And when he starts to talk about what the church did to his family, it's kind of when like his his true character sort of comes out, and you realize. Yeah. He's not just some like random drunk rolling through town, living off of his family's name, but he's actually kind of embarrassed with the way that his family was treated, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll continue next week. Um, we've rated season one uh, 3.5 out of 5. And mm-hmm. um, next we'll week move. we tackle season two. Yeah. Um, so recommendations for this week. I am probably sticking with a similar theme here. Um, <laughs> Wonder Vision episode five. Uh, I know I said episode four last week, and I know we reviewed episodes one and two uh, a few weeks back. And I think one and two, me and you just weren't that bothered. I mean, do you know what? Actually, I was thinking about this. I was kind of reflecting on it. They were nicer, actually, good episodes. Like, and it was quite unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite a unique approach. And actually, in this time of horribleness that everyone's going through, they were actually quite nice, light-hearted things to yeah, do. Yeah, it was nice uh, to see Vision be funny. Yeah, that, yeah, that was something we referred to as well. Just the humor was brilliant, mm-hmm. but things started to change, as I said in episode four. Um, I didn't really elaborate too much. Um, so Jasmine hasn't watched, even though I'm I'm nagging her to. to I know, to carry on. I know. And, uh, I'm working and, uh, on it. Like, but but <laughs> so episode four just abandoned the the model that we'd seen in the first three episodes, and took us outside and showed us sword and. Um, uh, a bunch of other characters and brought some characters from Ant-Man in and from, from Thor in. And I was just like, this is really cool. Then episode five happened and I, it starts back in the one division format again. I was like, Oh, we're back to this, are we? But then it also showed us outside. So it was going between the two formats, um, which actually plays really well. So in this episode, vision, has pretty much become aware now that there's just something that's not right. And he has actually a bit of a brawl with wonder saying he can't remember any of his life before this, but he knows there's something else. Um, and then she keeps trying to control him. So he forgets because she wants this life to continue. And it ends on one of the biggest cliffhangers that I just did. I, I was I was thinking something had to be coming. Like I was thinking that a few days ago, I was thinking something's got to be coming. Something, comp- although I've been saying the last two or three episodes has been a fairly good twist. I just did not expect this to happen. It was a clever move by Marvel, so I'm going to spoil it now. So if you've not, <laughs> if, if you've not seen it, I know. Yeah. So I, I was Please not pause gonna- this or skip it. I was not going to spoil it because Jasmine had um, not watched it, but I'm. But I'm I can't sure. avoid spoilers. So. Yeah, so and then, I, I already know what happened. But hopefully next week, like you will be able to, we'll be able to chat about it in par because I'm sure that <laughs> I literally am thinking there's going to be something next week. So I, I think it's only eight episodes, right? So there's like, yeah. but anyway, so 
she opens the door in the final moments and her brother is at the door and they did it so well. Like the camera is behind his head. So you see the gray hair and I was like, it's his brother, it's his brother. And then no, it, it's not his brother the way we all thought it was going to be his brother. Because I did keep thinking to myself, if she's brought Vision back, why don't she bring her brother back, right? Yeah. Um, and it's only the actor who plays Quicksilver from the X-Men franchise. Like, and, um, and then because the people in Sword are watching the live feed of the TV show, they make a comment going, she's recast her brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and, um, and so... That, like I was just like what and then they they kind of just end the episode there so it's just got me kind of all all kinds of crazy really like what does this mean is this just a complete red herring if they are they are they not going to ever address the x-men again is that just it like I mean I know they're going to bring the x-men in at some point but I mean they got to not... bring them into the fold this this has got to be one but, of the gateways but what are they going to do like I mean are they going to bring back all the cast of the x-men is it is it you know from the fox world are they going to somehow is this what leads to this multiverse of madness is it I don't know like I'm, I'm now I'm like thousand questions now or is this just literally or is this just literally a throwaway cameo and next episode he's going to just sort of be phased out again or something you know i hope they, they don't do that like you know oh, just be i want to know i want to know it's driving me mad like, do, you know what, do you know what though like i reckon i was thinking about this you know um uh because we're all locked down at the moment we can't really see well over here we i can't go and see anybody that I work with and work in offices and stuff like that. But do you, you know how they used to always say about, you know, the water cooler, mm-hmm. uh, the water cooler thing? Like, and this is where sometimes I actually do prefer the weekly format over the binge watch. Cause like, you know, and this used to be like sort of lost. I used to come in every week to work and like talk about like we'd watch lost and the next day everyone come to work. Oh, did you see lost last night? Yeah. And like and like WandaVision is like it's like that now, but I but there's like no one to talk about it with. Like Ah, you've got like, the entire internet to talk about it with though. Oh, yeah i suppose so but like um but straight away i was like so to, i had to explain it to my wife and my daughter like well, what because they, they didn't they've never seen the x-men so i was like oh it's it's he's from um uh what's it called um future past days of future past yeah days of future past yeah so i feel like instantly i'm like questioning now and last week i started to thought think are we going down the um the story from the comics house of m i'm still thinking there might be a bit of that but i don't know um I'm just wondering if it's going to be so. If anyone hears Red House of M, it led to Wanda getting rid of most of the mutants. I'm wondering if this is going to be the opposite. Like I don't know. So where Wanda is the reason that mutants come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, I, I yeah. I, <gasps> oh man, the next few years of Marvel films are going to be very interesting uh, because we know Wanda plays a big part in the Doctor Strange sequel, which is the Doctor Strange sequel is called the Multiverse of Madness. And we also know that Doctor Strange plays a very big part in Spider-Man 3, which has so many Fox characters in it or so many characters Sony in characters, it. Yeah. Um, so maybe she is the one who opens this door and the next few films are just kind of trying to either set things back to the way that they were or trying to adapt to all of these new heroes that have now made their way into the MCU. I think this is actually quite a good build up. Like, mm-hmm. So I know, I know that DC are going to do something in Flashpoint and bring in Michael Keane and stuff, which I'm excited about too. But I can see this Wonder thing being a really big deal. Like, and yeah. 
very clever that we've already they brought a fox character in and we know spider-man's bringing in sony characters oh, oh man i don't know just like it's just getting me pumped now i just want the yeah. i just want the bloody well i want lockdown to finish anyway but i just want these films to just get out now yeah bit. so but my recommendation this week is nowhere near as exciting as uh wandavision um but i just discovered this new manga series it is called night of the ice Apparently, I am on a sports kick right now, so I've, I've been watching lots of sports anime, and this is my first sports manga that I'm reading. Um, it is basically a figure skating manga. Uh, not quite as flamboyant as Yuri on Ice. I do love Yuri on Ice very much. Uh, but Night of the Ice is about these Japanese figure skaters that are kind of making their na- a name for themselves in the figure skating world. Uh, the top Japanese hopeful, his name is uh, uh, Kinajimi, he <laughs> is uh, a straight-up otaku. He has, he's obsessed with this TV series called Lala. Uh, revolves around this character who has like this magic wand and she has like a, a, a fairy Pegasus-type half-human, half-centaur kind of creature that uh, talks to her as well. So he is obsessed with that. He's got posters and figurines. And if you walked into his room, you would never, ever know that this kid was 21 years old and that he was a national figure skating champion. Um, it's it's really interesting. It's fun. It's cute. Uh, one of the things I love the most about it, I figure skating is my favorite Winter Olympic sport. So when they get to the actual skating bits in the manga, it's a lot of fun because they talk about, oh, it's a triple lutz. It's a quadruple lutz. And it's just like, it's so exciting to kind of read about sports happening. Um, So Night of the Ice, it's cute. It's a fun, quick read. That's my recommendation for this week. So next week, you can come back to Geeks Unleashed, and where we'll be reviewing the first issue from Image Comics, Radiant Black. There's a lot of buzz around this issue already. Yeah, it's got um, me pumped. There's some rumours going around about what this may lead to for dun, Image. Dun, dun. I don't know, the rumours I've heard are potentially Image might be going down the route of their own shared universe. So, um, like, I love a good I'll, shared universe. Yeah, I do. Um, for Image Comics, that would be unique because obviously Image is broken up into many studios and not really. I know uh, Kirkman's had his own sort of shared thing with Invincible, but and they've kind of tried over the years to do sort of crossovers across Image. So, um, and actually, crossover itself is sort of pulling characters in. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see what's going on with Radiant Black. Um, and then we're also going to carry on with our theme throughout the month. We're going to review Castlevania Season 2. Whoop, whoop. And as a reminder, don't forget, we did start a second podcast where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our fourth Late to the Party Book Club episode was Monstrous Awakening Volume 1. It was written by Marjorie Liu and drawn by Sana Takeda. That episode came out at the beginning of January. Our next episode is coming out pretty soon. It is going to be the graphic novel March by Andrew Iden and John Lewis. So be sure to tune in for that one. And you can also follow us on social media with Geeks Unleashed on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Podbean, Google, Apple, Spotify, tune in. We are everywhere. So be sure to give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Everyone have a good week and stay geeky. <laughs> Bye. Bye.